0: You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Joining us on the show today, Eddie, very, very special. The interviews continue. The heavy hitters continue. This man, a manly legend. When we have a manly legend on, you know, it's a different, it's a different vibe in the office. Different energy. It's a different energy. You've got people poking their head in. D.O. Dave hangs around. <laughs>
1: Looking for autographs, looking yeah. for photos. Yeah. Look, there might be some fanboys and girls out the front just clawing themselves to get in. Cause we've got the heaviest hitter yeah. in so Australian sport right now. Is that first? Family
0: legend and now, I mean, the Dana White of Australian fight sports. The Don. The Don. <laughs> the one and only George Rose. How are you? Thank you very much for coming in.
2: Oh, I'm feeling amazing after that intro. I'm feeling I'm feeling like a million bucks right now. I did say it won't give you an intro and then just
0: proceeded to basically go down on you for 15 minutes. So, Well, look, look anything for the good? Dana White <laughs> of
1: Australian <laughs> <laughs> fight <Fire> sports, mate. <laughs> well, at least you enjoyed it, though, you know?
2: <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's good to be here. And, and you know, manly boys.
0: Come manly boys, yeah. yeah. Just a couple of manly legends sitting around <sighs> chopping it up, you know? It's I, I always was, good to catch up. I almost sent you a message this morning going, bring the ring in, like bring it in. But then I thought, you know what, he's probably wearing it anyway or maybe it's in a safe
2: safe spot somewhere. I'll put it in the safe spot today. I do like to wear it around and layer up a little bit. Fuck yeah. I thought. If you had to give me the okay to come and layer up, I would have laid oh, up. Oh, mate. i love a layer up. Yeah, box. absolutely. When,
1: you, um, when you're signing new boxes, do you get them to kiss the ring? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's part of the process. I think oh, when, when I, do, I do wear it when we do sign new ones, so I, and I just sort of tap it on the table because it's heavy too. Yeah, yeah. tap it, and the, the diamonds sparkle a little bit. it's like, oh, what's that? Just
0: the Premiership ring. Ah, uh, just the Premiership ring. Just the
2: premiership you just got to let them
1: know. Mate, you got to let them know. You know what I know. mean? Absolutely. Let them know he's you the do. boss. I respect that. How
0: how are you going? So you've just come. You got you got actually your studio's just around the corner from us. Yeah. No limits, just fucking flying. You are bloody in LA. You're back around. You're around the world, like boxing here. Every or like you know it's it, the the no limit cards on all the time. How's it feel? You must be pumped. I, I
2: am pumped. I mean, a lot of hard work went in get into getting to where we are now. But where we are at the moment is is a really cool spot where um, I think we've got we've got a few different um a few different style shows that we do we've got our emerging talent which is exciting for me too because you get to see who's going to step up mm. you know when you're putting on the big ones and and then we've got our established guys who are who are really killing it in the australian market and and then we've got timmy who's is into that overseas that overseas market at the moment too mm. and we're, i mean we also look after ty to so ty is actually flying at the moment too. Yeah. so between timmy and ty um, you know, we're getting some overseas trips in, and, and, and we hadn't done that, you know, I, I think I, I went to LA once a, a, a while back, and then now, you know, we've been to Vegas three times um, in the last six months, we've been to LA, Minneapolis, and, and we're heading to France in a couple of weeks, too. For Ty's fight, yeah, you over? Yeah. Hectic. Love that. Yeah. When that did you know? Noti- oh, sorry, Ed, I was just going to say,
0: when did you notice, like, the shift, like, you know, No Limit was obviously, we'll get into, like, how it all started and everything, but when it sort of ticked over that sort of that next level to where it sort of became quite established
2: in australia when was that look i think i think probably the last few years we've we're getting to that point um we like putting on shows that that we would enjoy ourselves we like putting on fights that we would enjoy ourselves Mm -hmm. and if it's not a fight or a show that that we wouldn't have fun being a part of we we don't do it we just want to do things that we would enjoy and, and that's what we were just doing and we just kept rolling it out and you know more people had turn up and um i mean it helped that our fighters were were getting really successful at the same time too you know like timmy's timmy's just been growing massively um with every fight and um i think the growth of us and the growth of him all sort of happened at the same time and and um yeah, we just we just really wanted to put on shows that people didn't, would enjoy, and people kept coming back, and people kept tuning back in again, and and um, the, yeah, the last few years have been nuts, and now now we're at a point where, um, I mean, you know when when Tim's Tim's show in Newcastle that he was meant to do with Zarafa, it sold out in in like twenty four hours, and and when when that happened, we were like. Holy shit we're we're doing pretty good <laughs> yeah. now you know like yeah. I mean he's you know he, he he was at that at that superstar status and and obviously the shows that we've done in Newcastle previously people had enjoyed and, and when that happened we we're like yeah this is cool it's happening
1: how, does, um, how did it come to be for you, your brother, Matt and Trent? Like, have you always loved boxing growing up? Always or did you just it. see a hole in the market that you were like, listen, like, boxing in Australia has fallen by the wayside and, you know, there's an opportunity to sort of bring it back to a tier one sport, which is what you all guys talk about, you know? It was is Do you always love it?
2: Yeah, I always loved it. Uh, and, and it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, I always loved the fights as a kid, always watched boxing, um, you know, always loved hitting the bag and... You know, whenever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> whenever um, you know, schoolyard fights, you'd be front row watching the boys yeah, you know, rip yeah. in, and and I've I've always loved watching fights, a- even on the footy field. A fight breaks out, you love watching it. Mm. Um, and you know, we just got to a point where uh, my brother was doing was doing uh, player management, and and he'd signed up a young boxer as well. Was trying to get him a fight, couldn't get him a fight anywhere, and it was it was getting really difficult. So he said, "You know, stuff it. Let's just put on our own show." Um, out at the Dubbo RSL, put on our put on our own show. Went pretty good. Like it was it was yeah. a really cool night, and and we end up doing it again. We were in Orange this time the Orange. Um, uh, I don't know if it was the Entertainment Centre or RSL. It was you know similar sort of vibe. Yeah. Might have been the CWA. Who knows? <laughs> um, but put it on and, and, and it went off as well it was great as well and then you know within four shows we're down here at the Horden pavilion with um paul gallon fighting junior paulo and we're on fox sports and
1: within four, four shows. shows yeah Holy so shit. so we ended
2: up to the to there and then um you know we we'd signed a couple of good fighters and 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 we just sort of kept growing and growing with that and um we'll learn and learn and everything along the way and um the more we learnt the more we put into place them you know the bigger the crowds were getting mm. the better the fights were getting we we're getting more good fights on our cards because people wanted to get on our cards um and now we, we we've grown to the point where you know we've got a, a multi-year fox sports deal we're doing pay-per-view shows we're doing linear shows where we we got to promote a show over in in minneapolis timmy's show so we got to co-promote that over there so Wild. um Long trip from the WRSL. RSL. It
1: long trip yeah. from the WRSL. RSL. Yeah. Whose idea was it to put a focus on rugby league fights, just to draw eyeballs to the sport more than anything? Because it's hard to promote fights where people don't know Who they don't have a narrative, right? But there's such a narrative behind rugby league fighters, uh, players fighting. That just like that's one of the great narratives all time, right? Watching leaguey straight down.
2: Yeah, and and it's putting two of our favorite sports together too. You know, we we grew up on rugby league and and boxing, and and um, I've played rugby league since I was four. Always loved it. So, um, the fact that we're able to put rugby league fights on, um, it's exciting for me because you sit, you know, when you sit around, i will be sitting around here and I'd say. Jeez, who would you love to see? I'd love to see Paul Cullen fight Junior Paul. You? Yeah. You know, I'd love yeah. to see Darcy Lussick fight fight Justin Hodges. You know, and and you sit around and and you have these little yarns. You know, like and you watch a footy, something happens. You're like, oh gee, I'd love to see them get in the ring and settle that <laughs> yeah. you way. Know? everyone does that. Well, at the we pub. were
0: saying we'd love a no limit ring just on the sideline. two fellas <laughs> get
2: sent
1: off, and it's when like when you all get right, sin you bin, you, you get in there and you I, fucking I throw I think it out. We should down. talk
2: about that. You know, they're not allowed <laughs> to fight on the field. Let's do it safely. Chuck the gloves yeah. on. Let them. Fly we'll fly put them out in the car park even because you know. <laughs> that's where it used to be settled traditionally, so I'm I'm all for that. But that's you know that's where it all started. That's how we got into it. And then, the fact is that the footy players actually wanted to get in and fight too, because you know you're, you're big, you're strong, you back yourself, and you you want to test yourself out too. You want to challenge yourself in the ring. So that's how it sort of came about. And the fact that we you know we had guys putting their hand up, you know wanting to fight people and. Um, it's funny because when you when you have that first conversation, someone will reach out and be like, you know, get me on a show. I'm, I'm keen to have a fight. I really want to fight. Mm. It's like, yeah, mate, is there anyone you want to fight? Who, who, who are you thinking? Like, oh, you know, anyone. And is there anyone else that's keen to get in? And you start rattling off names and you go through you go through some of the guys that that, that have sort of called and done, had the same call before. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, no, I'm mates with him. It's <laughs> always, you know, Junior Paulo, for example, can fight. You say Junior's now, oh, no, I'm mates with him. I went to school. With him. Yeah. You get down the list a little bit and it's like, you know, oh, Jared Wallace. Oh, oh, Jared Wallace. Yeah, I'll jump in with Jared Wallace. <laughs> there, there, there's guys on the list that everyone, they all say the same thing. And then, you know, after Ben Hennett had his fight, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll fight Ben Hennett. <laughs> ben Hennett, yeah, yeah, I'll get in. Fuck
0: fighting Junior Paulo, mate. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that, mate. No, you That's
2: find a way that you were friends with him somehow oh, yeah, in know, the last absolutely. 20 years. Yeah, yeah, I met him once. Uh, we we went to the same coffee shop once. Yeah, we really got on. We, can't can't fight no, we him. hit it fight. off
0: over the Fucking banana bread. With you and your brothers, like, did you always have... Because we were looking at your sort of... Some of your Wikipedia before, and who knows how much that's legit. But you... I guess with, like, the, a lot of the perception of rugby league players would not necessarily that they're all fucking asses. But when you hear about, like, super intelligent ones, you're like, oh, wow. That's more surprising. And... I can't remember what it was, but it was like you were winning like maths tournaments and shit. You're like some hyper intelligent man. But then also now you are the CEO, I guess. From the footy career coming into this, was there a lot of learning you had to do to do what you do now? And did your brother, Matt, help you with that sort of stuff? Because he was like, was he always more of the business guy or were you always? Was this a surprising move for you as I guess it is sort of? a little bit from the outside looking in?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, well it is surprising. It is surprising. I, I, I never thought I'd be in this line of work. Um, When I was at I was a mass nerd. I was a massive mass nerd at school. Um, But I, I also loved footy and I played footy. And my th- my thought when I was in high school was that I was always going to go on to, to uni. Um, we're living in Bathurst, going to high school uh, there in Bathurst. And I thought... You know, I'll go up to Charles Sturt, study something up there. Up couple Charles Sturt yeah. along right, yeah, yeah, right Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Good
1: uni. A Good great uni. uni. They were some of the great years all the yeah, time. Though. Yeah,
2: well, for for a little period, people thought that I actually was a student up there. You know, it's like, oh, aren't you from J-Hut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, i waking up there all the time and cruising around and just, you know, making myself at home. And, um, yeah, so so it's it was, it's a great uni. That's what I thought my path was going to be. Um, Mass Nerd, go and do my... You know, accounting or engineering, whatever I was going to go. Um, but then in year twelve, I had a had a pretty red hot year of footy, and um, and Penrith actually asked me to come down and play in their their junior grades, and and so I just changed everything just to go down and, and have a crack at that. Um, still started going to uni, started doing an accounting degree, um, and I you know footy was taken off that first year, so I I put it on hold and. And you know, took off and focused on the footy career. Ended up having a twelve-year NRL career off mm. the back of that decision. Yeah. So it was a good decision. Loved my footy, um, but I still had a little bit of an itch to to get back into into something. Um, and at, you know, at the same time, while I was playing, Matt was you know looking at this entrepreneurial path that that um you know that was sort of good. It, it aligned with me, um, you know, with what I've I've always been excited about as well. Um, and so he'd already done, you know, all of the the baby steps leading up to it and, and I just came straight in off the back of him and, mm. and um, it, you know, it was good. Once I was able to come full time um, with, with No Limit, everything just sort of took off because for the start, you know, Matt was doing the role of 20 people and... Mm. He was good at it he was good he's, he seems he's, like a weapon mate, he seems like a
0: serious operator yeah yeah he
2: has he's got a, he's got a really good he's got a really good work ethic he's got a really good drive and um he's he's really good with his vision he's got he's got a really good vision for um what we're doing and where we're at and, and you know he's driven that no limit vision of, of where we're at now and and the rest of us are, are, you know we we just help to implement it and make it happen and yeah was it
1: was it a difficult transition for you going from playing footy and everything that's involved with that to being the ceo of a a,
2: absolutely of a boxing promotion yeah well i mean first off i did a couple of years at the nrl first up okay Um, so when i finished finished footy i did a couple of years uh working with the nrl and um because you know no limit was still sort of you know in in the early stages we, we couldn't have afforded to have us both um both working there full time mm. at that at that stage, and um, so that transition into office life, you know, just the the basic shit like. You know not swearing in, in an office you know not not hitting people on the ass when you see them you know it's like you know not yeah. just little things you yeah. know because that's that's what you do and then and i mean even the conversations that you have in, at, at footy you know you're talking there's there's probably about three topics that you cover and they're just on repeat and they're not topics that you that you have in an office setting <laughs> either you can't talk about those things in an office you know you otherwise you're gone the next day <laughs> yeah and, yeah, and, and um yeah, so so it was it was weird getting used to that, getting used to that, and you sort of you you crawl back into your shell a little bit to stop yourself from saying something stupid. Yeah. Um. But then once you get used to it, you know, you you find your find your place, and and then when we when I came over to No Limit, it was just like straight in the deep end. I remember the first the first week I was there, um, I had to do a pitch to Destinations New South Wales to to um you know to, to help us get the the Sydney Super Fight on out at out West Stadium. Um, so that was my first week. Was was uh, pitching to really. <laughs> pitching to them, asking you know, asking for, for for millions of dollars to make something happen. And I was like, all right. Do
1: you use a PowerPoint? Do you have a PowerPoint presentation, star wipes and stuff? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I read it out on a notepad, and when I when I gave it to um when I gave it to you know. Matt and Matt and the boys. It's like, yeah, you know, this is what we're we'll do. doing. Like, oh no, we might get a, we might get someone to actually draw up a proper deck and <laughs> no. we'll, do, we'll take <laughs> nah. these ideas. though. We'll take yeah, these yeah. ideas and put we'll them polish around. them up. Maybe yeah, a little it, looked bit. A, it looked a little bit better than my notes. But <laughs> I drew pictures and that. We'll yeah. This yeah. is about this fight. Give us your money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> People. Dollar sign. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> How do you found, Because obviously you're doing things like that, right? Where you're standing in front of. People having to present, but you're also now the front-facing sort of uh, persona or uh, of of No Limit. How have you found that? Were you always comfortable in that position?
2: No, and, and I'm still not now. I, yeah. I hate, you know, I hate it. I get up there and I, I start sweating. When I get nervous, I'm am a mad sweater. So, <laughs> like even down here at um, we did the announcement for uh, um at Mod- Nikita's last fight, and Good it fight. was it was about four degrees Great down fight. at down at EQ, and um. I'm sitting up there sweating, you know. All the all the fighters are shivering, and I'm sitting there. I've got sweat rolling <laughs> down my face. <laughs> I, I, I do get nervous um, speaking, but you know it's 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 just that same thing. Is just they push me in the deep end and mm. they say just go for it, and you can't say anything wrong. And, and I suppose that's a beauty of it too, is that with boxing we can't say anything wrong. We can sort of say anything because any anything that sort of gets a gets a run, uh, you know, it's it's more eyeballs coming onto the onto the boxing and more people are going to tune in and that's yeah. what we want we want more people tuning in and whether i say something ridiculous or, or say something fantastic it's um it'll get a start somehow yeah you talked
1: about that press conference the other day for nikita jordan Simi was on that uh fight card as well we i just got to tell you tom and i watched that fight it was a couple of wednesdays ago and fucking loved it that night abyss was <laughs> yeah, yeah, that so, card was so good. good like it was unbelievable as a promoter, you must just sit there when nights like that come around and just lick your lips and go, oh, how good is this? Yeah,
2: yeah a- absolutely. that's And that's why we do it. Like, you know, when, when it comes off like that, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing ringside mm. when, um, you know, when the fights that you hope turn it on, they actually do, mm. you know. And and even even going back to the Horden, we hadn't been there for, for years. And then, um, you know, coming back to the Horden for an event, it was just, like you know everyone's right on top of it and the crowd was getting behind it and um you know that's what i love when the crowd gets into it and the fights are good and you know we are we're looking our lips thinking how good are we yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah high-fiving and shit. look at
1: the boys would you explore that sort of that sort of movement i suppose it's going on in the us with jake paul like the celebrity boxing angle i mean jordan simi Although he may be mistaken for a professional athlete, I don't think he played much professional no, rugby no, he didn't league. Play anything so he's more of like an Instagram identity. Is that something you're looking to do more of?
2: Well, I am not against it. Like yeah. at the end of the day, if people tune in, it's better for our fighters and, and whether it's our emerging fighters or our guys who just want to, you know, expand their, you know, their fan base, yeah. it's it's great for them. And I know, some, I know a lot of the boxing people, you know, they get filthy about when we do fights like that. Like, even now with, with Gallon. I mean, Gallon's the number four heavyweight in Australia.
1: He's and, legit.
2: And and he's legit. But even now when we put a Gallon fight on, people will still be like, oh, you know, why are they getting these footy, footy fighters on? Yeah. It's like, because you're not turning up for our other guys, but you'll turn up for him and then you'll see our other guys. And um, and, and their their fan base will grow and their platform will grow. And, and that's why we do it. So if... If People are going to tune in and watch a fight, and if it's a fight that I actually want to see myself too, yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a run, I'll, I'll, I'll happily put it on. And that was this, you know, it's like when, when Jordan Simi came to us, and you know, he'd been reaching out for a little while, he was saying, You know, I want to have a fight, I'm really keen. Did you offer him <laughs> <laughs> I did, actually? Yeah. He was like, oh, i well, oh, um, really good, mate. I, yeah. I know his cousin, so I can, <laughs> I can do that. Um, but you know, I said, You know, if you're serious, start training and. And we'll see what happens and he did he, he went down there he was training he was putting in the work and then um you know it was getting he, he was getting more and more serious and his coming back he was like i really want to fight i want to fight it's like well there's an opportunity you want to fight Justin Hodges? it's like yeah fuck it. let's do it yeah no, let's do it and yeah and he got in and and he had a crack like anyone who steps into the ring at the end of the day too, anyone who steps into the ring you've got to give them respect like that's Absolutely. a that's a hard gig you've yeah. got to have you're putting your balls right on the line there. Yeah. You're out there by yourself. The moment you get tied, it's not like a footy field. When you get tied on a footy field, you duck down the short side. You, you know, someone will make a couple of tackles for you till you get your breath back, and then you're straight back in. Yeah. But in the ring, when you're tied, you have still got a bloke coming at you wanting to punch you in the face, and you know, heavyweights they hit hard. Yeah. One, one shock can can end your night.
0: No, he did, so, uh he did well to get in there, that's for sure.
1: Fucking oath, he did. A lot of people, a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. It was like heaving Horton Pavilion.
0: You and me on the couch. It, and
1: us, yeah, commentating every <laughs> yeah. second of it. <laughs> he couldn't hear us. No, he couldn't, but we, we were
0: doing a red hot crack. So, you you know, we were sort of saying about how people can get pissed off with the sort of, you know, oh, you know, this is the bastardisation of boxing because you've got some leaguers in there or whatever. As far as the other promotions go, do you find – do you have issues with them? Can you do – do you do boxing fights with, like, fighters from other promotions? Is that all, like, easy and workable? Or do you need to have people – are they all no-limit fighters that you have fighting against no-limit fighters?
2: No, no. So so we've got our main guys that we'll have, but we do work with other promoters, like, you know – Anybody who's in the boxing game, it's a hard game for anyone who's involved, whether you're the fighter, trainer, manager or, or promoter or anyone that's that's involved. It's it's not easy. There's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of passion behind everybody involved in it. And um, we've been lucky that we've built up some really good relationships with, with other people um, over these these last few years and and so, you know, any time that, that we want to fight someone else, you know, it, like at the end of the day it just comes down to being able to reach an agreement on on you know how much where as long as the fight is fair for their fighter Mm. most most other promoters will let their fighter fight okay so it's
0: pretty like amicable working yeah between but then
2: everybody's also got their you know their main guys that they you know they want to push you know hold on to they'll be like you know you're not getting this fight he's okay you know on this path over here but you know if you want this guy there's a chance do you find that
1: it can get does it get catty when you're trying to sign new and upcoming boxers, like you know Tim Zhu for example, who you know has got a world championship fight in February, January? Yeah, January.
2: Yeah, is that locked in? Locked in January twenty eighth. In Fire. Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah.
1: Like for example, when when he was unsigned, is there a lot of competition for these young guys? Or?
2: Yeah, I, I mean there is. There is. There's um, uh, I mean even now there's there's international promoters. You know trying to move in on, on a lot of our local talent as well so that um, must be tough then the yeah yeah of the, course the,
0: the big international ones
2: of course you know like and, and eddie Hearns making his way into australia he wants to he wants to promote fights here and he wants to sign more aussie talent
1: smooth car um, as well
2: yeah very very and he's you know he's, he's got plenty behind him too mm, so yeah. he can afford to he can afford to do a lot of things that, that the rest of us probably can't so um
0: how do you navigate that sort of a situation? Have you like, can you make contact with them and like co-promote sort of shit, or like, can you can you find ways, or are there ways to have like a symbiotic relationship with someone like Matchroom where you don't just get completely fucked over by them taking your best talent?
2: Well, I think where we're at now is we're in a really good place here in Australia in particular, and, and at the moment that's the only place that we're focused on promoting fights. Um, we we will look further in the future, um, but. Right now, I feel like we've, we've got a really good base in Australia where you see the crowds that we have turn up to our fights. Um, you see the numbers that we get tuning in on TV. We've got a really great relationship with Fox Sports. Uh, Fox and KO, who who really, um, you know, they're the best in the business when yeah, it comes to to the broadcast that they do, to what they offer. And, we um, love KO. Here. We do. Yeah. Oh, Dear absolutely. Friend. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's great. Since KO's come along, now everybody can access fights too. You don't even have to have a foxtel or ko subscription yep. you can you can watch it at any time all across the country so it's um that's really helped us in in building our own platform so that's where we've got a competitive edge over over um international promoters wanting to come in if you want to fight in australia the best platform for you to fight on is no limit and, and fox sports and ko when yeah you're
0: talking about signing you know like the caddy potential caddies i'm just trying to sign other fighters you guys, would it be fair to say that you guys have quickly risen to being like the big dicks in the room when it comes to like getting fighters now? Like you'd you'd be the most desirable place from an Australian promotion perspective to go to, yeah?
2: Well, I think we've proved it too with what we've done for our fighters. Like we haven't we, we haven't tossed up any empty promises. Everything that we've said we're going to do, we've done and. And that's what we've done with our guys to date, and and if there was anyone new that we we're looking to sign, you know, we wouldn't say anything that we can't do. I mean, um, you know, if if there's a person that had aspirations to fight in the UK, and you know, have a lot of these international fights, then the reality is, is that we're probably not going to be putting on a lot of fights in the UK. Mm. So. If you're looking to do that, then you, you probably are better with a UK promoter. You know, same yeah. if you if you want to have all your fights in, in the US or South America or wherever, you're probably better off looking at a promoter in, in that space. Um, for now, you know, like I mean, it's not saying that this time next year, you know, we we could be doing shows in the US. We could be doing shows elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but for right now, if you want to fight in Australia, you'll get the best shows with no limits. Did you find? I don't know who promotes Charlo,
1: but was the, what was that experience of like sitting down to hash out a world championship fight? Was that, were you sort of pinching yourself going, Jesus Christ? Like a couple of boys from Bathurst representing <laughs> the biggest, one of the biggest fighters in <laughs> Australia. For the bright lights of the double For the, the you know, bright lights there, of the so <laughs> sitting down to hash out a world championship fight. We're like, what was that experience like?
2: Yeah, well, like, I'm, I mean, his guys uh, are PBC who are the biggest. Um, you know, they've got all of the talent. You, Nearly every great fighter in the world, you mentioned their name, most of them are with PBC. PBC have got a lot of really good fighters and um, Charlo is one of those guys. Even in Tim's division, they've got about, you know, six of the best fighters in his division. Um, so, you know, they're, they're in a really powerful position and they always have been. And um, there's not a lot of people that they work with and we've been... It's been a working process over a number of years, where we've managed to, to build really good relationships with some of their guys, and and um, that's kind of why we're at the point where we're at now is that we're able to build them relationships over the years. It's not something that happened overnight because they were a closed door initially, and and to be able to to be able to get in that door and, and be able to have a conversation, then now be at the point where we're where we're working together, where we've got you know we've got a world title fight in vegas you mm. know for for all the belts too you know that's for the for the undisputed um champion of the of the super weight division so that's you know it's big to be able to get in there and we we are still pinching ourselves when yeah. uh, you know when when we got to that point it was like you know this is nuts holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it is it's really cool and and um you know like we were still learning on the job for 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 quite some time mm. and and, um, and now, you know, navigating the international space, it was the same thing. It was learning on the job, you know. You, you can't just walk into the PBC office and say, hey, you know, we want to put a fight over here. We want to you know, fight your guys. We want to do this, this and this. Because I'll say, yeah, see you later, mate. Mm. Yeah. Who are you? Beat it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so so the, the work that we put in um, to get to the point we're at now, it's, um, yeah, man, it's cool. How is it,
1: when you talk about building relationships, is that sort of... You do it the old school way. Do you go out for lunch and get on the piss? Is that yeah, is that yeah. how it's still done? Or well, I mean, was the hardest thing was that? was
2: that COVID was happening at the same time, so we yeah. couldn't be over there. We couldn't we couldn't travel to talk to him to, to hang get out. Fucked
0: up on a Zoom. So it was that was it. It was it was <laughs> Matt. Him was a <laughs> bottle of whiskey and go all right, Let's do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt was probably having about two hours sleep every night because all night he'd be he'd be up on the phone in the US and and chatting to all these guys and then you know it. it, it it took a lot of time to to get those relationships to there and it was a lot of it was was just conversations and then finally we got the chance to head over and we get to meet meet them in the flesh and you know they you know they're the same cool guys that you spoke to on the phone and yeah. they were really hospitable to us they were really good to us over there and and we had a good time with them as well and and that's when we did you know we go for a feed and go for a drink and and they got to see who we were and what we were about and and we got to, to meet them in the flesh and, you know, we already knew that they were the best in the business and we just had to, um, you know, get, let them get to know us. And mm.
0: Does a win for Timmy, you're saying, you know, that who's to say in 12 months' time you aren't promoting overseas, does a win for Tim sort of open those doors more for you if you were to go and do in, put on international fights?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, um, when Tim wins a world title in when January, yep. um, you know, then it's... The world's his playground, you know. Wherever he wants to fight, um, we can look at making that happen from then. Because we've got the champion, we've got the champion, and with with the champion comes the power to be able to, you know, be able to navigate a lot smoother than than People when you're the challenger. You, you know, everybody's you coming to you, and they they'll take they'll make sacrifices to you know to to reach it on on your terms to be able to um, to be able to get in the ring with Tim because. No, he's he's got all of the – everything in his favour. Do you –
1: obviously we know he'll win. Do you not count your chickens before you hatch and just sort of wait to see what happens? Or do you put sort of tentative plans in place for if he was to become world champion, what does that look like? Do you need to start sort of pencilling in dates for fights back here, that sort of thing?
2: Well, as a promoter, we have to. If we're not doing that, we're not doing our job properly because Mm – even to get to this point, you know, we had four fight plans. We had, you know, we, we wanted to go back to Newcastle. There was the whole, you know, there was the the Kostya um, uh, nostalgia of Newcastle that we wanted to be able to get back into. You know, we, we had plans we wanted to get overseas. We wanted to make sure that we had overseas fights for him. Um, and then even now, when he wins the world title we've got you know we've got four or five things that we'd love to do with him mm-hmm. after that and that includes being able to get back here and, and fight back here in australia and um, the hardest thing that's going to happen when when tim becomes a champion is that it, it will be a lot harder for him to to have the fights in australia yeah. so when he does they'll be you know they'll be big Huge. fights and and you know we've got to make the most of it and and um you know get everyone around it and because you know, his next fight, he, he could be fighting in, in the US for a lot of his fights. He could be fighting, um, you know, anywhere across the, across the world. Is
0: there a rematch clause for Charlo? Do they just always put that in? Like, so if, when Tim wins, do you go, like, it's an immediate rematch?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, in, in a lot of them there are. In a lot of them there are. There There isn't in, in this one. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: but sucked in Charlo,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Charlo—he's the superstar of the division, yeah. though too. And, and I yeah. think—I uh, mean—I know him and his brother—they've, uh, you know, they've got plans. They want to go up as well. They—they they all want to go up. So, um, and then they're also tight with Errol Spence, who's the weight below Tim, um, and he's—you know—he's got aspirations to come up to Tim's division as okay. well. And so If he comes up, then Jamel can go up to middleweight, and then Jamel's brother Jamal can go up to to super middleweight. So. Um yeah, they're good fighters, man. Yeah, they're, you know, yeah, w- when you can, you know, pick and choose where I want to win my next title at. Yeah, that's you know, yeah, you're, a, you're doing you the right some skills. Man. Yeah. Have you been impressed
1: by how good of a boxer Paul Gallon is? Like he didn't retire. It Doesn't feel like he retired that long ago. The years sort of fly by, and I can't ever really remember. But
0: he was old as shit when he retired, anyways. So but he's was still like when he was playing. So like he's
1: he's fights for Australian heavyweight titles and shit. Like yeah, it's
0: twice, hasn't he? Twice, yeah, yeah. It's fucking yeah.
1: unbelievable. Yeah. Like are you and can get
0: and can take a fucking punch. Yeah. Like
1: that fight we went to in Newcastle. When he was fighting Trzewski,
0: Trzewski? Yes,
1: yes, and he was getting bashed, and then in the was it the eleventh round or the ninth round the or ninth something? Round, just ninth, round. ninth round, yeah, that was biblical. Yeah, comes back and just he just keeps coming forward. Oh, it's crazy.
2: He's, he's unbelievable, and I mean, I hated him as a footballer. I hated him, and and then I reckon that's why he's got it in him as well. Is that for so long he was a sharks best forward, and when you'd play the sharks, it was just like you know. Everybody just swarm Gallon, you know. He's gonna, he's gonna have thirty carries. Every time he runs, get out, whack him, grab his arm, don't let him offload, and you get a chance. Just fucking give him something, you know. <laughs> like if you can give him something, give it to him because he'll, he'll get back up and he'll come again. He'll keep coming, and that's how he did. You know, we had five, five Fords on the field at the time, and all of us are swarming him. All of us trying to smash him every time he runs. Do anything, anything that you can to him, and um, yeah, he get back up. He'd, Swear at you, and he'd get back up and he'd, he'd have another run. And he'd do it again, and he'd turn up, he'd keep tackling, he'd keep running and i think that's why he's got the same attitude when he steps into a ring his his talent has developed over the years because of the the amount of boxing that he's done the training the sparring and and the people that he's worked with over the years his talent has got better and better but that same tenacity that he had as a footballer he takes into the ring and i think that's where he catches a lot of people off guard is that you know you might land a few on him early or you might you might look a bit slicker than him early but he's going to hang in there. And, and that, that Newcastle fight, that round nine... So was, yeah.
1: mate, I was losing it, mate. Oh, so was I was awful. out of my I was like, go, <laughs> go,
2: go. <laughs> and, and the guy's tape so kept coming <laughs>
0: under. I'm him, mate.
1: Let him Mate, if that was another 30 seconds, that round, she might have him. Seriously.
2: guy, you could see, he was like, oh, shit. He was. It was that, and man. he was tired, and But Gal just kept coming at him. Yeah. No matter how much punishment Gal had had before that, He hadn't given up, and I don't think Chris was... was find another gear when he has to. It's unbelievable. And I wish they had done that again for the 10th round. It would have been the most epic fight if they did the same thing for the 10th round. I know, that would have been mad.
0: Is he really going to fight two people in one night? Like, is that legit, or is that, you know, you sort of talk about trying to get a bit of, like, publicity and hype around it. Are you just sort of being cheeky there, or is he really going to fight fucking the polar bear? What's he called, the pol? (laughs) What's his other fucking nickname? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, oh, the big, big omelette. <laughs> the big omelette.
0: fight Ben Hatton and Hodges in the same night? Well,
2: it's uh, like I said, when you sit around <laughs> and you sit there and you say, you know, who would you like to see someone fight? It was like, you know, should he fight Hodges? And everyone was like, oh, no, he's too good for Hodges. You know, Hodges is half the fighter of him. All right, well, let's get the other half in then. Eh? Let's find <laughs> another half and then it's an even matchup. Let's get two guys and, um, yeah, we Said, fuck it, let's let's get him to fight two guys in the one night. And uh, we, we couldn't do it here in New South Wales. It's not... It's not um, From a sanctioning perspective? Yeah, you can't get it sanctioned in New South Wales. But Doing it Queensland... On a, the <laughs> <Cruises> <laughs> don't give a fuck up, up there, the <laughs> <laughs> Just get it on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Queensland, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can International know, anything waters, mate. Whatever you want. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, people were joking that, you know, they had that rule up there because all the two-headed blokes that were fighting over the years. I didn't say that. Other people
0: No, other people made the connection. It does work that he's fighting
2: two Queenslanders. And so, yeah, I mean you know Hodges has wanted him and and you know Hodges is confident that he can finish him on his own but now it's a different story. He's going to have someone else in with him as well. and
0: So can, they're both not in at the same time, though, obviously, right? Like well,
2: we're, st- we're still finding out what okay, we can get away with up there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Is one on the what, other shoulders? I mean, I, I grew round up WWE like w- w- as well.
2: I love the WWE. W- you know, things, <laughs> they get away right. with all sorts of shit in the WWE. So um, we'll like just push the pose. boundaries, see yeah. what we can do. I we round might get for a suitcase of cash hanging up the above the ring. and yeah, I'd love that. I don't know what we can get away with, but we'll push yeah, You can do. It.
0: Is it annoying the whole Sonny Bill Williams situation? Is he so? Is he is Sonny? Am I correct in that he wants a sixty forty split, and that's why Gal's just like no.
2: Well, the, I mean that's what he's said um, publicly. I think he said it said it most recently, and um, I think for, for Gal, uh, gal has got the numbers on the board. Yeah, he, he's he's been. For, for a long time, he was the pay-per-view king of Australia, and and he still is the, you know, obviously Tim's surpassed him now, but prior to that, he was unmatched, and, and even, you know, his numbers now are still still the best, they're still better than, than what, what Sonny's numbers are, so, mm. um, I mean, you know, Gal's got every right to, to probably want it more in his favour, and... Um, Oh, I tell you what, though, it's a fight I would have loved to see a few years ago. Yeah, I know, hey, I know. it's getting know, away you know, from us. It's, it's, yeah, it's one that should have happened, you know, three or four years ago. It yep. would have been, it would have been epic. Biblical. It would have been the biggest fight in Australian history, oh, right? Absolutely, everyone yeah. would have tuned in for that.
1: Every single, it would have been biblical. Yeah. it gives me the shits that they haven't fought. It really does.
0: It's our Pacquiao, yeah, Mayweather.
1: Except <laughs> we even got that in the end, right? It feels like it's well, it feels I mean. like they're it's well, slipping away altogether.
0: They're fifty, I reckon. We're still. It's you know, the same thing. It's <laughs> the same thing.
2: Well, I feel that it's a lot like Mundane Green, right? So they they had their first fight. It's the biggest fight in Australian pay history. Um, it was massive. Yeah, How many they, buys did it do? They, oh, hundreds. You yeah, know, it was it's huge. it's it's a, it's a number that will you know will probably be never be reached again. Right. You know. Or, I don't know with KO now, you know. Anything, well, so with us commenta- commentating yeah. in the first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. You know. Of course.
1: Uh, you never know. Gallon and the big omelet and Hodgers <laughs> <laughs> might just do it. I'd
2: love for that to happen. But you know, they, they took they took, you know, ten or fifteen years to have that that second fight. Yeah. And they should have had that. They I would have watched them fight five times. Yeah. You know, if they, if they had a done it in their you know, when they should have in their prime, but um, it felt like it was too long for that to happen, and 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 I don't think it was as good as it could have been.
0: The buzz had died
2: down a bit. The buzz had died down a little bit, but it still it still was it still fantastic. Was but I feel that's the same with with Sonny and Gal. Is that I wish they did it a few years back.
1: Nikita Zoo Tom and I, big big fans the of the butcher. Um, what do you? What's his sort of potential? Do you think is he? Is he sort of following in Tim's footsteps or is he sort of a different sort of operator and maybe doesn't have the same aspiration to be a world champion? What, what's his story?
2: He is very different to Tim yeah. and um, that's what surprised me a lot about him, you know, like Tim's, you know, Tim's Tim. And, and when Nikita was coming on the scene, I thought, you know, this is Tim 2.0, There's, you know, it's the next next Tim. and But they're so different. They fight different. Um, you know, they're they're different personalities, completely different personalities. Um, and yeah, just everything about him is is so different to Tim. But I, I love that because we've got we've got such a great talent in Nikita, um, who's completely different to yeah. his brother. So it's 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 a different journey promoting him and and, and I think he's he's very lucky that, that Tim's done everything that he's done to date. Um, so he's sort of laid the the path that that Nikita can travel now. Um but you know, very different guy. It comes yeah. out to the Undertaker, like oh, dude. It's so, it's, good, awesome. it's, it's so good. It's so good. I
0: lost <laughs> it at Newcastle when he yeah, came. Yeah, he like, was. Holy fuck! It's the Undertaker. Yeah. music. Tim
1: had a couple. Of, uh, Tom had a couple of beers. And yeah, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was well fucking well nearly did you. Did you in that
0: entrance? <laughs> um, how's it go though with someone? Because obviously he was his second fight against Ben Horn. Was it of body bag fame? Ben Horn just getting absolutely fucking worked. The larvae. The larvae. What? What? Like. When you see in that final round where he gets rocked, are you a little bit like, oh, fuck? I know that, like, boxing is sort of different to the MMA where you can lose and come back. Obviously, you can still do it, but I guess as the promoter of someone with such a high ceiling for Nikita because of his dad and obviously his brother, do you shit your pants a little bit?
2: Um, Not really. Like, I I think... So, Nikita... Nikita loves getting amongst it. Mm. You know, whereas Tim... He's he's so great defensively, he avoids shots and um, you know, he, he lands so well. Nikita loves getting in there, he loves getting hit and you know, he feels feels a hit and it's just like he just grows that little bit more and he's yeah. like he wants to hit harder. So for him, that's the that's that's sort of the way that he fights at the moment. Yeah. Um, I know that that Igor his his uh trainer um you know he's he's obviously got a lot of stuff that he works on with him still only his third pro fight so you know he's he's like a you know a, what is it a bull out of the gates when yeah. he when he gets in the ring he just wants to get in and and get amongst it and he wants to get hit and he wants to wants to hit back but um i think you know that sixth round it, it was exciting for me because mm. um you know you see him take them hits and it's like you know he he kept coming though still he kept coming yeah. so it's it's good to know what he's got in him because we hadn't got to see anything either the first two fights he came out and he landed that that left yeah. and you know well, it's awesome just money. wow he did. He's yeah, yeah. he's so powerful yeah uh, and it's and it's like you know when you used to watch Kostya and Kostya's had the power in his hands just yeah. like
0: bang do you ever deal with Kostya when dealing with the boys have you ever had anything to do with him
2: well he's still based in Russia at the moment yeah. so he's um but he, he facetimes for every fight and he'll watch in the corner and they you know he's it's cool it's really cool like after it you see you just watching the family interact even you know with boris there the grandfather um being in the corner and, and just watching that family interaction you know for me is really cool because they're um yeah they're they're, they're a really cool family do they have
0: a? you say they have yeah. a camera in the corner of costa watching yeah
2: yeah
1: Heck is, is he is. there like a, in,
2: in between rounds does he say anything um
0: you know Can what you I have mean? that? Can you have another corner, man,
2: like from Russia? <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not right. 100% sure. Let's you know. just say he doesn't. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. just say
0: he doesn't and we move on and don't let's not get anyone in trouble here, but Kostya may be in the corner as well.
2: <laughs> but it's cool, you know, because I was a Kostya fan as a kid as yeah. well. You know, I loved watching him fight, so when you see him sitting up there on FaceTime watching his boys fight, it's, yeah. it's cool.
1: What's the future for No Limit look like? Like what are, your, what are your five, ten year plans for uh, the promotion for the sport?
2: Yeah, well, I mean we just want to keep we just, like you mentioned earlier about being a tier one sport, that's what we want for boxing in Australia. I think we've had so many talented fighters over the years, and we haven't always had the platform for them. Um, I think if this platform was around, you know, for, for other guys, for their careers, I think they would have had a very different career and they would have had a d- very different outcome to how their careers went. Um, and that's what we want. We just we still want to keep that platform here in Australia. We want regular fights, people tuning in, getting to know our fighters and, and knowing that there's a path here for, for... If you can fight, if you're a bloke who can fight, you've got a path here for you to make a, a really great career of it. And, um you know and then there's the obviously the transitions on the back of that is that you know there will be a lot of opportunities through media through everything else around the sport that'll grow off the back of us you know being able to build this big platform here and you know we don't want to stop here because we want to have world champions we want to have world champions in our stable and um, in doing that we want to be able to put fights on overseas and, and be able to have that uh, them opportunities you know when when Tim's f- Defending his world title over in in the states, we want our next guys coming over there and fighting on the undercard of that, mm. and, and having them big fights. That it's really hard to get them opportunities for for people to get them big fights, but when someone's opened the door for someone else, you know everybody can walk through.
0: As a promoter, when the thing, when something like the situation with the Newcastle Zarafa shit show happens. Is that is that for you guys so far like the biggest sort of nightmare scenario that's happened so far and how is like no limit hq when the news comes
2: in that that's going down COVID was an interesting one too yeah, yeah that was a terrible. Yeah. i mean the, there was a period there where we we're like what else can possibly go wrong <laughs> leading up to a fight like we've 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 dealt with all these other things i feel like we've ticked everything off nothing else can happen um touch wood. Yeah. where's the wood? (laughs) There's the (laughs) wood. (laughs) There's the wood. Um, yeah, I mean, when that happened, it was like surely not. Like it was it was a nightmare leading up to it. The conversations that led up to that, it it was a nightmare. And then when we'd accommodated everything, when we got a private hotel, a private jet, a private private limousine, uh, because one of them didn't want to fly. when we had everything covered and then they turned around and said, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fight." It was like, why yeah. silence? <laughs> right. um, yeah. we, we couldn't have done was, more. We were shocked. Yeah. We, we were dead set shocked. Uh, um, but at the same time, we're like, "There's no way that we're we're pulling out of this. We've we're not gonna let them dictate, you know, what happens here." Um, and we got on the phone to, to Stevie Spark and. You know, the, the offer was put out there to a few guys. Stevie Sparks said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. He said, um, you know, what do, I, what do I need to do? I we said, well, we'll charter you a flight from Toowoomba now. Can you get down here? It's like, yeah, I'll pack my shit. Just got to make sure I got everything. Bang, went and jumped on the flight. That night he was there in Newcastle. Um, and he was ready to go. And it was at the time where Sydney lockdowns were just starting to happen, around that sort of... Oh, sorry, it was just before Sydney lockdowns happened. Um, and so there was... You know, we, we needed to get him there. We needed to have him there in Newcastle and and know that he was ready to go and... and um, they just jumped on the plane and came down, and like, you know, I've got nothing but respect to, to Stevie and his team for for how quick they were able to turn that around and, and turn up, and the, and again to to Fox Sports for how quick they were able to change the promotion. I mean, we'd we'd done a all access documentary with with because it was going to be the biggest fight that we that we'd had in quite some time. It was massive. <coughs> um, you know, the 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 work that the team did in in redoing the ticket build and refunding all the tickets and then going back on sale and everything like that, the promotional stuff, everything that happened, um, so many people worked their ass off in that period and were able to turn it around really quick and, and get it done. And, um, you know, I at, at that time, I think it was a massive test for us and it was a really, you know, it was a really frustrating incident, but it also showed us um, the quality of team that we had you know working working with us so we were able to turn that around as quick as we did get a result the way we did and um, you know the fight still went ahead it was still an awesome night um, you know Timmy Timmy got in done the work um, and you know we we got through we got through mm. that that week it was it, it was a tough time but it, it was um, yeah, like I said, I'm really grateful that they turned up. It was pretty funny because every morning we'd go for a walk along that, you know, that little harbour thing that they've got in, yeah. in Newcastle yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We'd be up going for a walk and I'd see Tim training every morning. And then when Stevie turned up, Stevie was training as well. And so we were on our way back from the lighthouse and, you know, ran into ran into Tim and um, Tim came running past us. He was on his way back. He was just finishing his his 10K warm-up jog or whatever they yeah, do. <laughs> like it's just, He that. literally warms up on a 10K jog. I was like... <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, that's that's me for for three weeks. Get that um, and, and he'd just come past us and he was running off down there. And, and then coming from the other way was Stevie Spark doing his run, you know, along the harbour. Yeah, right. It was like they've, they've crossed paths and one had gone this way and the other one come this way. Didn't and wave, like, stopped a bit of yeah. a bump pat on the way past. <laughs> <way.
0: laughs> D- does a line go through Zarafa in terms of someone you work with now after that?
2: I, I think um, the damage that it did for... Um, i think for everyone involved even you know for 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 fox as well mm. you know that a lot of work had gone in like i said a documentary was made on it you yeah. know it was it was it was they're not a lot cheap. Of work that went into it so it was um and I, and i think you know the people online people really really went hard at him
0: yeah
2: over it but you know it's something that that we've sort of moved on from we've we showed that you know we're not going to let something like that stop us from getting the show on we got the show on moved on to our next one timmy's now ready to fight for a, a world title and um th- you know there, there's there's probably still a little something there where they where they um they've got answer unfinished okay, business so wouldn't,
0: we wouldn't rule it out entirely. Um, so well uh, it's a great way to settle disputes actually
2: fuck you for pulling out right <laughs> huh? pull the
1: gloves on <laughs> So it out
0: Well, if we can just now maybe transition back to... I mean, obviously, no limit, killing it, but what... Back to the glory days. Back to the glory
2: days. I mean,
0: sure, you played some couple of games for the Roosters. I know you played for the Storm. I think I remember you in a Dragons jersey, but I choose to pretend like you never represented that fucking club.
1: (laughs) For obvious reasons. For
0: obvious reasons. (laughs) Fuck the Dragons. Um, (laughs) 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 um, you're Someone who's been able to be successful... In two careers, most people don't get to be successful at anything. How do you reflect back on your rugby league career, um, just generally? I guess.
2: No, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, um, you know, I played twelve years in the NRL. I got to win a grand final. Um, I played in. You know what I think was one of the best teams of the last you know thirty odd years 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe history that of the too game. in so the history <laughs> of the game in the
1: history of the game most ju- good judges good also. judges say history of the
2: game you yeah. know I, I am I'm very grateful that I got to got to play during that period and, and and it was a time when when the footy was really enjoyable too like there was still a lot of things that we could do that that was fun on the yeah. field so um, yeah. Very grateful.
0: How did you find the manly team dynamic in those years? Cause I mean, there was some friction. One of the first podcasts we ever did that got us a bit of coverage was when Watmo called Cherry Evans a fuckwit, um, <laughs> which we were a bit like, okay, Chuck, Jesus Christ. But you know, the team itself was phenomenal, but then there were some like, you know, bit of back and forth and stuff like that. You seem like the sort of guy who just sort of
2: was friends with everyone, but how did you find just the team generally? Oh, awesome awesome like i I mean and the thing that stood out for me was when i first when i first went to manly is that everybody just treated you the same Mm. i mean mean, we had some superstar guys there Mm. um but you know when you're going through pre-seasons it's fucking shit it's painful (laughs) um and and, you know you finish the (laughs) week and and you've got you know brett stewart throws out a boys having a few beers and pizzas at, at home you know come around and 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 it's sort of thrown open to, you know, to not only the, the superstar of the team, but it's it's everyone down to guys that are there on a train and troll, um, guys who were, you know, eighteen year olds up training with the with the um, with the top squad for, for pre season. Everyone was welcome, you know, doors were open to everyone and, and when you're when you're on the beaches, it's it's like it's a, a big country town over there as well because it's um you know, no one travels over the spit. Once you once you're on the beaches, you're on the beaches, and everyone knows each other. You know, you know all of the spots to go to, and um, so so being a part of that was was really cool. It was a really really good really good culture that we had at the club.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you find a Desi preseason? Were you treated any like? Would he go easier on you or like you know the bigger boys, or was it like, no, nah, mate, you've all got to.
2: No, no, he wouldn't go easy on you. No, no,
0: no. Des, Des, Des had um,
2: Dez had Dez has he had his standards. Um, the best and the worst thing that happened for Des was was sports science coming into it. And you know he was he was one of the leaders in in you know he wanted to bring sports science on board. You know, we, let's get our GPS, let's get our data, all this stuff here. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it on. Um, but so he was real excited because he wanted to push the boundaries even further, make people train harder. But what it did was actually then be able to monitor what we were doing and and, and be able to limit what he was able to do to us as well because <laughs> you know there is a limit to what your body can do yeah. and um you know so so we actually had the data to back it up and he was like no he just, he's given absolutely everything he's got this is where they're at you know you got to back off you've got to give him a day off and so it all worked against him going that route is that he couldn't do his old hard shit that he wanted to do to <laughs> us and and um you know we had donnie in our corner who you know he was great donnie singe he was a the st- head strength and condition guy um at the seagulls and you know, he he was great for us too. He pushed us to our absolute limits, knew what your limit was and then, um, you know, let you do what you had to do.
1: You're like pr- probably one of Manly's favourite sons, like Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose. Do you, <laughs> do you ever get sick of hearing that and being beloved by the people? Like, because you are legitimately like but not one of the cult like heroes. He I
0: reckon just an NRL cult figure as well, right? 100%. Like, like, for Manly. Not many people get that status.
1: If any, like... They don't. They don't. They don't replace each other. No. 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 no exactly. Because like it's just they're a rare. That sort of like pop up. Yeah.
2: No. Look. I, I don't. I don't have any issues with that at all. Because on the other side, I could have everybody hating me. You're yeah. that kind <laughs> who used to play for Manly. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you know, I, I'd. would hate that. You know, I'd. If everyone loves me, I'll, I'll embrace it. I love it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really do appreciate it, and and I like that. The thing that I actually missed the most from my, my footy career was the moment when I used to run onto the field at Brookie and Grant Goldman would announce me onto the field, I'm for the field number 17, George Rose. Yeah. Well, gorgeous, sorry. Gorgeous. Yeah, because it was gorgeous George Rose. Yeah, that's right.
0: My old man was always twinkie to- Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose, yeah. and we were like, fuck, we need that to take off as well.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm a Twinkle Toes yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose. Yeah. And, they, and then the crowd would, I'd, I'd hear the roar from the crowd and be like, how good's that? They're cheering for me, and I'd get the ball and I'd just charge onto it, and you'd hear them cheering when you when you wind up. And every time, it just made me want to wind up even harder because I'd hear that cheer. And I think the biggest thing that I miss from footy was that that cheer of the of the Brookie crowd.
0: Is Manly your team? Like if you are to you know the team you support? Yeah,
2: like absolutely. I mean, eight years I was at Manly. Yeah. Eight years we are in the finals um, every year I was there. Four grand finals. Two wins, two.
0: Well, I'd count three wins. I think twenty thirteen is a win because the so ref was a fucking joke. Mate. Everyone Board
2: passes, right? Yeah, yeah, all yeah. over the place. No, it's yeah. 20, we, we 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 count twenty thirteen. Yeah, I count twenty thirteen. See so three and seven. One. 7 so And O seven, well, 7 they were cheating, so you're actually 4-0. No, 16 4. million over the cap or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're actually 4-0, yeah. which yeah. is fucking impressive. Yeah, that's a great well, record, mate. Yeah. Congratulations. So, so I, I agree with you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, that's got to be my club. Yeah, how, could, be. how could it not be? Yeah. Here? And, I mean, the the guys that were there at the time, both on the field and in the office, in the coaching staff, the best people, you know, that, are, that I've been able to spend time with. So, yeah. Who was the best footballer, in your opinion, when you were there? That's my next question. Oh, yeah. I feel bad having to single out someone, but Jamie Lyon, yeah. um, you know, like, and, and I've said it a few, I said that pretty quick when I said yeah, that, but yeah. I've said it before. That's the only reason it yeah. came off quick. There was a big process that got me to that point. You know, I could rattle off all 17 players and, and, and say that, you know, they were, they were the best without a doubt. But what Jamie Lyon was able to do on a footy field, you know, when he just needed to turn a game. Um, he'd be able to do it, you know, turn a game on its head, and he could play probably anywhere on the field too, mm. and um, and he was just a, a you know, a knockabout country bloke as well too, um, so that was, you know, I, I liked him. I, I actually played against him in, in, um, you know, from under s- sevens to under elevens. Did oh, back you back really? at it? Yeah, Narrabri. He, he was at Wee War. I was at Narrabri. Mm. And uh, I used to run over him. <laughs> know, Do you remind him of that? And then, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm saying it publicly. here. I'm hoping he's listening to it again. Remember when I used to run over you when you were when you ten? <laughs> yeah. um, and then it was like a couple of years later, I'd I'd left Narrabri and um, we'd gone down to the state of origin to to watch the you know the origin. And before it, there was the the uh, the. The the junior Rose. game, yeah. yeah. The, and it was like under eighteens or something. There was a bloke in there named Jamie Lyon. I was like, that's, surely that's not that that prick from Wewolf. And um sure enough it was that same year he, he went on debut, you know, played for Australia the same year as under eighteens, and it's like shit, he kicked on a bit better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was still running around for the Bathers Panthers at the time, and and uh he he'd gone on and and he was killing it. He was absolutely killing it. He was a, he was a freak of a player. Yeah, he was good, yeah.
0: Uh, what's that grand final year like for you? Because, I mean, so did you miss 0- 08 with you? Was that when you broke your leg? Bro-
2: I broke my leg in 07. 07, yeah. And
0: then how long did that take to come back? Oh, I remember it seeing was that about game. Months. That
2: was a fucked broken yeah.
1: leg. Yeah. yeah, 18
2: months. Yeah, so it was the back end of, of 08 that I started, you know, getting back or moving around and that. And then 09, I went on that World Club Challenge tour. Yeah. Um, after the, after the 08 win, so that was
0: Were you, did you Were you playing in 08 in the grand final? No,
2: no, I, I'd, I'd had a couple of games in reserve grade. Yeah. Um, but I was still sort of... Was, there, was, it, was it touch and go as to whether you were going to play? In that yeah, one? I'm yeah. i trying well, to remember, well, like... No, well, when it happened, when it happened, I'd go and see the doc, and the doc would say, oh, yeah, have you had a look at any um, other jobs that you can do? <laughs> so like, oh, no, I'm hoping to get back shit. on the field. He said, oh, yeah, well, you know... I'm not not hundred percent sure you will be able to walk properly, oh, let alone run. And, really, fuck you know, it was it was it was sort of steering me towards Damn. go and get a job and you know wow. enjoy your life. So
0: it was that it was that bad. Yeah, yeah, it well, looked it was awful. pretty bad. Yeah, it looked awful.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's putrid. And I still, I hate when they do the slow mo replays of everything now. No, yeah. it's yeah. too much Can we not? Shit, can, can we not do that, please? Um, yeah, I get I get P- PTSD. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That one. So not missed. 08
0: well, 07 and 08 Yep. That must
2: yeah. have hurt. Oh, it was hard. 07 was the hardest because I'd contributed a lot more, you know, to, to that. Year, I, yeah. I, was, I was having a decent season before it happened, and then, um, and and I remember I still remember in oh seven was was the year that they put that bomb up for Snake and Crocker come through and took him out, he took him out, and I was I was Dogs. in the in the thing on my crutches, and I'm like, hey, you know, I wanted to get out there, and I was, you know, I wanted to swing Sm- it around, <laughs> and um, but I could, you know, I couldn't do nothing, so. Yeah. It was a hard one to watch, and then oh mm. wait, obviously wasn't hard to watch. No, that was nice. Yeah, it was very easy to watch. I watch that when I'm hungover. Still, serious. <laughs> so having a bad day, I
0: watch 8 and I'm just like, yeah, I know the commentary. And
2: yeah, yeah. Were you on the field in the Battle of Brookie? No, I was just about to come on. So I was coming on for Darcy, <laughs> yeah. and that's why I'm filthy at him. You know, like I ended up playing about ten minutes that game because I, I didn't end up getting on the field then. I, so I'm up. I'm getting ready. Got the interchange card, all of that, and then. It all broke out, and then it come back down again, and they were in front of us, and and um, like I was right in front of me where where Gifty and and Blair got into it again, um, and then all the boys came running across, and then all of the storm bench got up and and ran onto the field, and they got involved in the fight and yeah. that, and and I and. and you know, you're not allowed to do that. But I remember Gavin Badger come up and he's grabbed me and he's saying, stay there, George. I said, stay there. Look at them. There's four of them on the field. They're all in there. Um, but I remember him yelling at me and trying to hold me back. I'm like, oh, I'm Fuck watching. Off, I'm watching here. It's, just, it's Christian it was, Welsh. It Let the boys
0: play. Christian Welsh says that that fight was full of dog shots from Manly, so I'd like you to maybe <laughs> pair him with Junior Paulo in a, in oh. a boxing match and oh. see how he goes. Because yeah. He says that to us all the time. Well, he's going to cool. keep talking shit. He's going to keep living yeah, yeah. up. I feel talk like. shit,
1: get hit. <laughs> that, is <laughs> the, <laughs> that, <laughs> that is the same.
2: Yeah. That is the same. That is the same. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: So then, what's the 2011 win like after all the hardship? You've missed two GS, and then you get on the you get into to win it in 2011. Yeah,
2: it was it was good because I remember the week before um, the storm, who we'd had that clash with. Yeah, they got knocked off by the Warriors, and I remember there was a little fleeting moment where I sat there and I was like holy shit, I'm going to win again. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, knew, I knew we had the Warriors number all year. I Dude. knew we had the number all year. And, and, the, and I was like, holy shit. And I'm like, come down, come down. Did we say that we, all the time. We literally that's say that. Just, we
0: go, the second the Storm lost the Warriors, we are like,
1: fucking up, baby, we won the game. Yeah. Oh, it was man. just a matter of time. Oh, that's so
2: funny. And And I mean, the game, it didn't come easy in the game. No. Because I remember when I got on the field, it was still nil all still nil all mm. and we hadn't scored and, and i nearly i nearly got to be first try scorer because so there was <laughs> you this would have been paying a fair bit oh 67 to 1 apparently <laughs> apparently <laughs> um there's this shape that we ran all year and and for, for our whole like uh, that whole time we were successful we we had this one shape that we had set up and it was just there was like five different options on it and you know we we just killed it our attack was built off the back of this one set of shape and my line that i was running through the gap opened up for me like it was huge and i was like i'm on here i'm on here (laughs) and they went to snake obviously and and the snake his his gap was like that but he still got through it and and you know he scored he scored a beautiful try but it could have been me (laughs) my option was was available but they they didn't go they didn't go i was still on there for the first try though so it was was great it was great yeah it was a good day it was yeah.
0: Yeah. Sean Johnson was that was when I think it was his first year and he was just terrifying every time he touched the ball. Oh, Were you yeah. just like, Holy shit, what's this kid gonna do? Well, I
2: was more terrified of him than I was of, you know, any of the big forwards. I used to hate the little fast blows because a big forward at least, you know, they're coming at you, you just gotta throw everything at it and mm. you don't have to move too much. Whereas I don't know where he was gonna be. And it was the same like Matty Bowen was my most hated player because <laughs> you know, you'd be like one second, they're like there, and then within half a second, they're here then they're there behind you <laughs> and they run away to score a try and you don't know how they got there and yeah. you couldn't do nothing about it <laughs> yeah you feel silly yeah, yeah what the fuck yeah. just happened here yeah you I've just been, gotta watch do do? <laughs> who was meant to be <laughs> Matty ballon where are you yeah yeah. yeah. Blame somebody was else, meant mate. to be there
1: you just blame someone else there's there's some noted rippers and terrors in that manly side um who went the hardest after 2011 do you recall um Where do
0: you where do you kick on? Was it was this the one? Because I remember one where
1: like was it the cheeseburgers? The che- yeah, where you
0: like there was the the on like the manly promenade in like an apartment or yeah, something. Just yeah, pegging and cheeseburgers at Jurnos. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean that was and that was probably the best way to to spend a. You know a celebration was to have that safe space where yeah. you know you could you could yeah just had the boys you just sat around talking about all the great things you did in the game and in the season and yeah remember that time i scored that try back in round two didn't <laughs> score another one since then but you know some of us didn't have a lot of good stories to share that well night.
0: i mean you almost scored in the, in the big yeah. Yeah, you no, no no was that mate.
2: getting a fair run no no one really cared about it, <laughs> no. it was like because yeah. everybody else could have scored at some stage yeah, in the game sure, too, too, so it was my moment. But no one really cared. <laughs> it was like, whatever. Just dance again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: How <laughs> long did it go for? Like how long uh, was the celebrations for? Well, round
2: four well I years? mean, we had that we had that penthouse, um, you know, book for the week, and and um, you know, people would drop off bacon and egg rolls and burgers, and yeah. you know, it was just it was just a good space. We were. You know, you you wouldn't get in any trouble because you're all there together. Yeah. You're not out in public, and you you know it was just it was it was good, good time, good time. Love that. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah. I, I mean, what I would have given just you, to have,
1: yeah, to to have been there. Well, yeah, or to have been involved, or to have be, been
0: to have played, and then to have been invited <laughs> to kick on. So that would be nice.
1: How often do you find yourself thinking about the grand final? Like, is it something that you you wake up every morning and you? you know kiss the ring you kiss the ring and yeah, reminisce
2: well, i do i roll over and i polish it I <laughs> give it a little polish yeah, yeah, yeah. great way to start of the day. polish to the start the day it's um yeah it's it was a good memory it was like honestly it was a great club and i and i'm still i i actually live in in the north sydney area now so you know there's a lot of people that dislike me around there because that whole northern eagles thing I was like that was before me man yeah. like, I, even eagles though i thought you know we bears. did get the better end of the Oh, the stick well, Fuck dude. the Northern Eagles! Fuck the North yeah. fuck Eagles.
1: Fuck, um, no yeah. one can even
2: but exist. Um, no. whenever I'm on the beaches, like it's just it's good memories. I, I still I still head over still head over to Manly a lot, mm. and um, it's just it's good. It's still yeah. that same vibe. You see a lot of the same people around. I like going over to the games even, and I just duck in and just sit on the hill or or just up the back of the back of the uh, what is it, the northern the southern end. Yes. Oh, you yeah, stand yeah. stand up behind there and watch the footy. And yeah, it's a little bar there. It's a good vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. You see all the same people around, and you know it was a good era for us as a club. It was a great era. It was a great time to be yeah. alive as a Manly fan. That's for damn sure. How
1: do you how do you feel the club's going at the moment? Obviously, it's touch and go if we we'll make the finals. But what do you what do you make of the current stock?
2: No, well, I think it's hard at the moment. I mean, especially with Tommy out, mm. um, you know, like so. It's, he has such a big impact on that team and on the game. Um, to to have him out is is always is always difficult. And I think you know Ruben Garrick does a great job, but he, he does does even better job as a winger too. So um, you know I think he's one of the best wingers in the game. And when Tommy's there, you know it it everything sort of fits in a lot a lot better. Um, and, and we seem to we seem to go a lot better. And we I think on our day we can knock any of the teams off. We can knock any of them off. But um, yeah, it's just. It's just a. It's a hard. It's a hard little period at the yeah. moment. I think.
0: Seems like there's a just too maybe still too much of a difference between our best games where we can knock anyone yeah. off and our worst where it's like this is a pile of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lads, <laughs> like, <laughs> breaking my heart to see us lose to the Dragons, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Well, again.
2: I mean, it was like the other night with the para game and I was like, far out. We're we're well and truly in this. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going to do all right here, and then it's just suddenly we've got twenty put on us. I know. And
1: yeah, it was about 15 minutes 20 20 25 minutes
2: and especially <laughs> before that though like you know saab would get the ball and every time he got it he's running 50 meters like we just going to the left and it's like we're, it's too easy for us yeah and then um yeah then it just all turned around but it's just yeah we'll get
0: there we were um we were just briefly chatting before we hit record but we we're talking about um you know you got to play in this amazing team with manly but then you also got to go on down to melbourne and work under someone like Bellamy what's it like what's Bellamy like but also the system you, you know it wasn't you thought it was going to be the same you were saying but it wasn't like- yeah
2: yeah well I mean for so how long was it I was at mainly for, for eight years for that whole time we had this little grudge thing with Melbourne and, and we were sort of I think we were pretty much on par with you know our achievements and and the standard of teams that we had and and so I, I thought when we went down when I went down there. I thought that you know they were going to be the same as us, how we were at Manly, um, but they were completely different. So, the way they things the the way they did things there in in Melbourne was completely different to what we did in in Manly. But we both had the same sort of success mm. during that period. So that was a bit of an eye opener for me um, there to see that. that what was we different could be so exactly? Different. Like, well, I think at Manly we got in and done our work, you know, and we enjoyed doing it. You know, we we had a laugh, we had a lot of good times, and but when we we're you know we'd we'd turn up to train them, we'd get it done, we'd rip in and get out of there, and you know a lot of emphasis was put on enjoy your time away from footy, you know enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, we live on the beaches, go and enjoy the beach, enjoy mm-hmm. the life that you, that you've got here, um, but we did, still did the same amount of work, we just got it done a lot quicker and got mm-hmm. out of there, um, and then down at Melbourne, I remember in the pre-season there'd be days I'd turn up at, I'd turn up for training, you know, about six o'clock, and and I, I wouldn't be leaving there some days till like 7 o'clock, and that was, you know, it was multiple days of the week that that would happen, and it, it was funny because they said, you know, you come down here, you're out of the rugby league bubble, you know, you'll you'll find that you enjoy it a lot more. Um, but I felt like I was more immersed in rugby league than ever before because you were there for these long days and there was a lot of video and a lot of repetitive stuff um, that was just so different to how we'd done things at Manly. And, and um, you know, that's why I, I don't think I enjoyed playing my footy there as much as I did at Manly for the previous years. And, Interesting. Yeah, but uh, not to say that, it's, that it wasn't a, a good formula what they used, you know clearly their success right? yeah. spoke for it and and so it was really interesting to see what they did to be able to get their success compared to how we did things at Manly and got yeah. our success there's no one road necessarily no, no definitely they often
1: not. say i've often heard it say that like manly was more of an old school approach back then that sort of thing. like there was an emphasis on you know camaraderie and going out and sort well, of all
0: great success comes off the back of a ripping and a tearing well, at least that's exactly a right a little
1: bit there was a there was a focus on ripping and tearing yeah. and then you know more of that old school approach whereas the storm was sort of like this new sort of new school way of you know yeah, playing training and, training what, and that training, sort of thing six till nine yeah. bit of
0: ripping tearing nine till twelve exactly <laughs> twelve
1: yeah.
0: till three well, back even to even the setup Snap. start ripping tearing for dinner
2: <laughs> yeah. Look, I I was shocked so. That whole time that I was at Manly, we used to get changed in the boot of our cars. So we'd pull up at Narabeen, you know, park up next to the oval, and you just pop your boot, and you got your, you got everything there. So you get changed in the back of your car. You 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 know, that's pretty much your your locker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I went down to Melbourne, and we actually had lockers. We had lockers. We had these great facilities. They had you know they had 40 people in the front office staff. Um, they had an abundance of coaches they had so many coaches that when you're in the gym there'd be there'd be a trainer assigned to to each you know training pair you know so you'd you'd partner up with someone go to do your weights there'd be a trainer there that would watch you and spot you through your whole thing like that's how many people they had um on hand to be able to help you out so like um you know like that's that's great that they that they were able to do that but it was also very different to Manly you know, mm. you get in, you get your sheet you go through and you just go and rip into your weights and you do a bit of extra stuff and then and then you'd you know, you you'd be done and there was one or two people that were operating everything, you know. Donnie Singe'd be dishing out the protein and writing up the, <laughs> the program and doing the things on the board and checking in on everyone, doing everything and um, you know, everyone still we're a very strong team, you know, so we got it we got our work done, but then you go down to Melbourne and it's like, you know, there's there's a guy assigned to, to pouring out your protein and there's a guy assigned protein to, guy. to washing protein up guy. your yeah. washing up your protein. Yeah. You use bottles, you know, there's... Merely there's
1: you bring your own chair. <laughs> 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 yeah, so like it's was, it was very different.
0: All right, mate, look, you've been very generous with your time. We'll, we'll let you go in a second. I was interested to know, I guess in the position you're in now where there's a lot of you know like do you are you first are you involved in the management of players now or is that still your brother that largely does that side of things
2: yeah no i'm i'm not really involved okay. in in that side of it but yeah. you know obviously i'm close with the guys that yeah. the, that he works with and
0: so with that in regards to that do you is there anything that you think about when it comes to like mentoring younger players like do you have to think about ways you approach things or do you have do you ever talk them through you know situations they're having problems or anything like that
2: yeah I, I still i chat to a lot of the boys and i and when i went to the nrl that was sort of the role that i had at the nrl there was a, there was a lot of that sort of stuff that i did um and then even now i'm still i'm still an open book to any of the boys who, who want to have a yarn and and um you know like given the success i've been able to experience and see in my time over the years you know i'm, I'm always happy to to share and you know explain what was good for me? What's not mm. good? And and always just to be an ear for anyone who wants to have a yarn because it's it is hard. You get stuck in a bit of a bubble when you're playing, and and um, you know you you don't realise who's out there that you can talk to, and and how simple some of your problems might actually be. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes you you might have the simplest problem, but for you who doesn't know how to deal with it or how to cope with it, it's the biggest weight in the world yeah. on your shoulders. And um, being able to help some of the guys out with that. Like, um, you know, for an example, a, a guy like Latrell Mitchell who's, who's had to deal with with what he's had to deal with over yeah. the last few years. You know, just being able to chat to him and hear how resilient he is with, with what, he, what he has to deal with, some of the shit that he, that he has to cop. Yeah. Um, just because he's playing footy and he's good at it. Um, he's such a resilient kid and, and to be able to speak to him and, and you know, just... I suppose just, just to be able to see what what he does and how he deals with it. It's
0: He seems to cop an unnecessary amount of shit from the media where it feels like you know like I mean I'm not this has got nothing to do with Dalphanook, but you know he has that head clash, yeah. splits fucking Crichton's ear open. I always watch these things that happen on the field and everyone's like, Dale's a good bloke. Like, Dale's a fucking, <laughs> Dale wouldn't fucking know how to fly. Dale's just trying to play rugby league. It's a collision sport. And then you see someone like Trell with that Joey Manu thing last year, which in, obviously he fucked up Joey's face. But you're yeah. like, this is kind of the game. He's going in hard just trying to make a tackle. There was no way that was intentional no, in the slightest, no. right? Like, that's there's just no way that no. that's intentional. But the way that certain pockets of the media sort of choose to present it yeah. must be frustrating for you as like a friend mentor for the to watch but then to have to see him go through it as well yeah
2: and, and i mean knowing the type of guy he is too like he's a he's a he's a redneck he he, he loves bulls and, and <laughs> farming and tractors and all this you know all yeah. this stuff like he, he 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 just loves his family time and he loves his farm and that's why i think like he's not he's not actually a bad dude you yeah. know like there's been some bad dudes come through the game who, who've did some you know some some bad things and he's treated as if he is a bad guy yeah um, and that's sort of that's what surprises me the most is because the type of guy he is doesn't reflect how he's treated yeah. but I know that he's so popular though too he, he gets the clicks if they if you say something about Latrell, you know Cut this up and put it on. There. Well, you are going to George get the Rose clicks. smashes Latrell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. does. He gets the clicks, and it's no matter what it is, he he will get the clicks, and and that's why that's why I think they'll always they'll always continue to, to have stick on him stories like that on him. Anytime that you can say a Latrell story, you're going to get clicks, so they'll they'll do it. And that's what, I'm just impressed with how he deals with it.
0: Is there anything you've got before we before we wrap this thing up, Eddie? Anything else? No, no, I think that's it. Is there any more rugby league fight nights coming up? And I guess in that, you know, is there, you know, a space for us ringside with mics in furs to commentate rugby league biffs? Because that's a dream of ours. We've done a little bit with KO so far. But long term, Eddie and I see ourselves not so much as podcasters, but commentators of rugby league fights. <laughs> 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 I'm not against it, and,
2: and you know what? I, I would love to do one before the end of the year. Yeah. But just because I like seeing the footy boys get in and, and have a swing and it's see who, see who's good. Yeah. See who's, if someone's good, there's a career in it. Yeah. yeah. Gail's made more well, in, his, in, in his boxing in the last few years than he did, you know, for half of his footy career. So. Isn't that wild? Yeah. But it's because people want to see him whether they want to see him get knocked out or they want to see him knock people out.
0: Well, our only concern about being ringside in furs is that boxing attracts all people, all walks of life. It's an everyman sport, and there are certainly some dudes with face tattoos and furs that we do see at the <laughs> events, and we're like, I wouldn't necessarily want to run into a man you know, in the, in the toilets, and I'm, I look like I'm making fun of what he's wearing. I'm not. I also like furs. We'd
1: just be like, you know, I am ringside, so. Yeah, I'm a ringside fur. I'm guy. commentating, I'm, yeah, so.
2: That would be our only concern. We yeah. need personal security. I think it depends what type of fur you're wearing. And you're, you're sweet yeah okay as
0: in uh, do you think that these people are animal activists and it need to be faux fur or that it would need to be like mink <laughs> you're gonna have to find out the hard way okay, okay. Great. that's Great. all I okay. said okay well mate thanks very much for your time we really do appreciate it Manly legend as you said but obviously what you're doing with No Limits, is fucking awesome as well um, and we look forward to the continued success you have
2: no thank you very much thanks for having me boys and thanks mate let's go Manly legend like know, go cheers, Manly mate.
1: Could you two just not talk anymore?